Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Colorado Preps Weekly. Covering preps from the peaks to the plains. Here's your host, Kevin Schaefer. Picking out a new episode here at Colorado Preps Weekly. We actually bring you two fresh reports each week, recap the weekend in football each Monday, then break down top stories in all other sports each Thursday afternoon. Have a loaded program for you this time around. We'll check in on a pair of three-time defending state champs trying to get into position to win a fourth consecutive crown in their sporting class and also get a midseason update on the top two programs in boys' soccer. That all comes up later on, but first we want to provide you with a very good story that's developing down in southeast Colorado, and that's the Trinidad volleyball team. The Miners have not produced a winning season since 2011, but if you look at the chance of seating index this week, they sit fifth in two-way and are off to a sparkling 9-0 start. Story is a good one, and so is their head coach, Ashley Ackerman, now in her third year after returning back home. Really all I can say about this group is I'm just so proud of how hard they play. They've committed to spending time in the gym. They believe in our philosophy. And they just, there's just no quit in them. And so I'm not necessarily surprised by a strong start, a little surprised about 9-0. and But um, just having them in the gym and having them play hard every day is, is not really a, a surprise to me. So I knew this group had potential and um, got them started off on the right foot. And when did you see that potential? Because this program hasn't had a winning season since 2011, and again, you're now 9-0. and So I guess when was the turning point as a head coach? Did you see that, hey, maybe we are headed in the right direction? Well, I took over the program when my group of seniors, we have eight seniors on the group, so that's a big help. Um, I took over the program when these seniors were sophomores. And I knew right away that they were – a special group. In fact, I called them to the library one day in the school when they were sophomores, and I just told them, if you guys will commit from right now, if, you know, you'll believe in what we're trying to do here and you'll commit, by the time you guys are seniors, you know, we can potentially do something special that this program hasn't done in a long time. And so they, two years ago, really bought into that, kept showing up, and I just, like I said before, I have kids that just will play so hard, um, and that's contagious in our group. So really when I took over um, the program, there was a lot of potential in the room, and I, I could feel it. And so luckily they bought in, and they believed me also. And I think their hard work over the last couple of summers is just paying off finally. 
Yeah, and that's a good lesson to teach the kids that hard work does pay off. What about groups for the or uh, goals for the group this year? Uh, what were those? So I, I look at goals a little differently. Um, we we don't have statistical goals or you know wins and losses or championship goals or playoff goals. I mean, obviously we all want those things as coaches. Um, but our goals, we take a look at all of the things that we can control. And so for our group, I have eight seniors, but out for our program, I also have 36 players total. Wow. And so it's a huge group, um, especially for a school our size. And so what we looked at was we had a meeting at the beginning of the year, sat down, and I asked all of our players to write down things that could stand in our way of achieving our potential this season. And so, you know, they wrote down things like communication or selfishness or, you know, things like that. And then we decided what of those things are things we can control. And they were mostly all of them. And so we wrote down this list of things that we were not going to let stand in our way. And then we, we came up with ways that how are we going to do that? So if a lot of it was about communication, okay, what is our standard? Um, so instead of really goal setting, we have more standards and expectations in the gym every day. And I believe that if we continue to meet those standards consistently, then, you know, the wins will come with that. And how have the kids responded to that? Because, again, a lot of coaches will say our goal is to win a league title, make the playoffs, and possibly win a state title. So that's different. It's also working because you're 9-0. and So how are the kids, how have they responded to all that this year? I think it's, um, it's one of those things that it's created – a culture of accountability. So again, um, I think that if we focus on what we can control, then the outcome, the ball tends to bounce our way. The outcome is there. And so um, they know an expectation and a, and a standard for us is high energy, high effort. Um, that's something I won't coach. That's something I don't think I can coach necessarily that they have to bring every day. And I think that, you know, we, we talk about these things so much that it's, probably ingrained in them by now <laughs> that it's almost like the principle of you know um i guess like farming you know you sow seed and you work on it and you tend it and then the harvest comes at some point and so um we all want to win we're competitive um, we make practice very competitive obviously we want to make the playoffs um but as far as our goals are concerned and how they respond i think like i said creating the culture of accountability to say this is what you can control today, and either you did or you didn't. Um, I think they've responded really well to that. And you mentioned all the hard work and giving effort every time out. You must have seen some of that uh, the other day when you got a five-set win over Sanford. thought that was a very good win for your program as you develop, uh, you know, develop it moving forward. That was, yeah, that was our, that was such a great match to be a part of. Um, I respect Melissa so much and the program that she's built down there. Um, she has, uh, she's always had our back ever since we took over this program a couple of years ago. She was one of the first people to come up to us and just be encouraging and, you know, just, I guess, professionally speaking, has been a really good friend to our program. Um, and she, you know, we spoke after the match and she was also very complimentary, but it was, it was, it was a gutsy match for us. Um, it was our homecoming week and so there's always these distractions and, craziness and so we actually didn't even get to play in our home gym we had to play and um, we played at our neighboring community college gym mm-hmm. over at trinidad state 
Um, the atmosphere was great, and our kids just loved it. I mean, they just had so much fun, and um, I knew that we could go that we could go toe to toe with them. Um, but winning was, you know, kind of the cherry on top for us. So that was that was a great match, and there was a couple of moments where our kids were flying around and diving into the chairs and all that kind of stuff. So it was that playing hard definitely paid off that day. Yeah, it's a good win. Now, if you don't want to get into this, I can uh, I can do this, but you mentioned your story to me off air that you've returned. You're a Trinidad native, and you've returned back from college coaching to try to help the school, the community, develop success. Yeah, so I um, originally born and raised um, in Trinidad and attended Trinidad High School, um, played volleyball, basketball, and soccer while I was here. And I'd been gone from Trinidad uh, for about 10 years. Um, I was coaching at the Colorado School of Mines on the women's basketball side. Um, decided to come back during COVID. Uh, an opportunity presented itself to come back and be a part of this community and love on our kids and our families. And I was fortunate enough um, to have that opportunity. And my first year here, I actually didn't coach anything. And then my next year... Um, I decided that I would like to get back into it after I got kind of my feet under me in my full-time job, which is high school counselor. And so I took over the volleyball program and the girls' basketball program in the same year and have been doing both ever since. They'll next face Sierra Grande on the road Friday and Del Norte at home on Saturday. They also have a future match with Rye and the Thunderbolts are 10-1. and They currently sit second in the seeding index. Wiggins is number one in that poll. Mancus fourth and Sedgwick County fifth. We actually spoke with coaches from Mancus and Sedgwick County in our report last Thursday. Sedgwick County, the two-time defending state champs in two-way. They have a date with Wiggins this week in a big match statewide. This segment of Colorado Preps Weekly presented by Buildings by design, we stay in the southeast for our next story. It involves the Lahana football team. The Tigers won state championships in 2016 and 18, but since that second title, they've hovered around 500 most of the time. But this year, a bit different. They've opened up with four straight wins under Coach Drew Sisson. I think the the key is that we returned quite a few starters. A lot of the guys on our team, when they were freshmen, our seniors now, when they were freshmen, three or four of them were starters. Um, just that experience, it plays a huge part. Last year, we were in every single game. There was a couple games that we should have won. One came down to an overtime, and then against Alamosa last year, we we lost. Uh, there was three plays on fourth down they scored on us, so that kills us. But this year, it's been different. We've uh, started fast, and that's our whole idea. We've We've got to start fast and play all four quarters, and so far we've been doing that. Want to hone in a bit on that Pueblo East win because uh, at the time I thought it was a good win, and then they pushed number one Lutheran out of three A basically to the end. So that win over a bigger school with a lot of tradition it seems to keep getting better and better week by week. Yes, Pueblo East is a really good team. They're scrappy on D, and then on O, they're they have a lot of good skill guys. A lot of guys hard to cover in space, but. We played really good. We had some big turnovers. There's, we picked off one of their passes on, on the goal line and a couple others in the game. But overall, defensively, we, we gave up some big plays, but we were able to limit the big plays. And overall, we played pretty well. Offensively, we were pretty efficient. I think we had over 400 yards on offense. So we did pretty well against East. And did you notice a difference maybe the next Monday in the kids practice-wise, confidence-wise, or understanding what the coaches are trying to tell them after the win? 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think our kids started to realize that they could be pretty good this year if they decide to put in the work. And Pueblo East game is a big one for that. Yeah, and you mentioned putting in the work. You now have two weeks off before you get into league play. So what will you and the group be working on? Uh, we've got to take every week, week by week during league. Every every team's good. Records can be thrown out the window. Anyone can be anyone any given Friday night, you know. But we just got to take it week by week and keep getting better. That's our whole goal. We got to limit some of our mental mistakes. That's where that's what's killing us right now. Can't go backwards on offense and got to limit those things to keep getting better. And and you mentioned your league. Talk about it a little bit more because I think it's better and probably deeper. You're better. Lamar is solid. Manitou's put together a good year. Alamosa's struggling, but they're always good. And Florence, also a tough out. So nothing easy over the next, uh, well, the second half of the season. Yeah, everyone's good every single week. Uh, we start off with Alamosa. They're always tough. They're 0-4 right now, but that doesn't mean anything. They're one of the scariest 0-4 teams that we're going to go against. They're, they can throw the ball. They have a lot of skilled guys. They're a good team overall. So we, we're going to definitely use this bye week to get ready for them. And after that, every single team is good. And last year you started off league play with a couple of those tight losses that you referred to, including the overtime one. But uh, So because of that, what will be your message, say, late next week as you get ready to get back on the field for your kids entering league play? Uh, we just need to realize if we, we want to keep our hopes alive for the playoffs, we have to prepare every single week, and every single week of practice has to be good. We can't have a bad week of practice. we got to be mentally focused and every single day. You mentioned playoffs. Does that come up very often in practice or your kids? Yeah, that's a big one when we started the season after last year. I think they take the top 16 teams, and I think we were 17 last year, and a couple of those losses were the, the key last year, so... It's definitely a moment uh, this year for the team, especially the seniors. They did they did not like being number seventeen when they take sixteen. Sisson has been a coach with the Tigers for a decade, including the last four as a head coach, so he has ties to those championship clubs. He told me off air this year's group has some of the same characteristics as the teams that won the gold ball. Now, as mentioned, they're off this week before focusing on opening league play against Alamosa. Tigers are ranked fourth in seeding index and eighth by Colorado Preps. Lahana, one of many teams in two-way football trying to unseat Eaton as the Reds are the three-time defending state champs in the division. We do a midseason check on the Reds and do the same on Marino Volleyball as the Rams are also seeking a fourth consecutive title in 1A. Plus, we hear from a 3A Western Slope softball program hoping to make a dent in the domination of the Patriot League. That's next on Colorado Preps Weekly, our segment presented by Buildings by Design. First impressions are important. In only a glance, you can see that Buildings by Design cares about their designs, buildings, and clients. Their quality of work starts with listening to your ideas, desires, and needs right from the start. Buildings by Design can act as your general contractor, designer and builder, construction manager, or project manager. View the quality of their work at www.buildingsbydesign.com. An independent, authorized chief builder. The builder's choice in metal buildings. Building today's business. Buildings by Design. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Segment two here on Colorado Preps Weekly, powered by Alpine Bank. It starts with the Eaton Football Club. The Reds are three-time defending state champs. They open the season ranked number one by most experts. Probably a bit high, the Reds lost a highly talented senior class that also led the school to titles in wrestling and baseball during their stellar careers. Eaton also has a new coach in Cameron Stewart. He and the Reds suffered two losses to Classical Academy and University to start, but they've reached back to 500 by beating Platte Valley in severance over the last two weeks. That win over Severance, a wild back-and-forth game, eventually captured by the Reds 34-33. They scored late and added a two-point conversion to take the lead, then clinched it up with a late interception. We were kind of excited that we just went into halftime only down two, and um, and then it was, it was back and forth. You know, we came out on our first drive in the second half, and we scored, and it seemed like it was two minutes later, and Severance scored right back, and that's kind of how the entire second half was. But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of learning experiences. I was really proud of our guys on, on showing some grit, some resilience, um, and not, you know, when Severance did have their quick scores, not just kind of folding. And they uh, they really showed that, you know, they are a team that has some of that grit and can uh, keep close in the or can come out with the good ones. Obviously, you have winning tradition there with the Reds, but as we talked off air, this is a, almost a completely new team from the, the, the run that you've put together. So, how important is it to get a win in a back and forth game like that as you're trying to develop, uh, you know, these new starters into a winning program? Yeah, it's super important. You know, I mean, I think our our first four games were a tough schedule as it is. Yep. We we like having that that rough schedule at the beginning of the year that hopefully sets us up for the playoffs. But you also, you know, those first two games, I don't know if our guys learned a whole lot other than this isn't the same team as last year, and so. Um, I think this last game really, really did show them what tough games are, and and how to how to just stay with it and stick to the end. And uh, again, you're a first year coach, a lot of new faces, two and two against that schedule that includes TCA University and then Severance and and Platte Valley. So every coach wants to be four and zero, but two and two through that stretch. Are you happy with your kids? Yeah, I think we are. You know. I think our expectations going in, of course, everybody thought we were going to go 4 and all through it. And I think when he really looked at it, and I think our, us coaches knew that, that it was going to be tough and that it could have gone either way, whether it was 4 and 0, 2 and 2, or possibly even 0 and 4. I mean, I think we played four really good teams, definitely teams that are, you know, playoff contending teams. And so to kind of get those first two out of the way, and then and then come back strong in the second half of those four, four games was was really positive for us. And your kids have they felt the pressure because uh, you know you've won the last three titles in two way and everybody's talking about four in a row obviously. So mm-hmm. how, how do your kids deal with that when they you know were backups for the most part with that talented senior class that you lost? Yeah, I, I think they felt some pressure, you know, um, and especially after we dropped the first game you know they kind of said hey we did this last year we can you know we'll just do it again and then we ended up dropping the second one and then I think they really started to feel it like hey we're not the same team as we were last year or the last couple years and so um yeah I I was you know I think we had a really good bounce back win with Platte Valley yep um and then but like I said just this last game of being in a close one it kind of kind of lifted their spirits gained them a little confidence um that they can play with some of the better teams in the state. And now you have a couple of weeks to prep for your league run. Uh, Steamboat Springs next on your schedule. Some tough uh, opponents coming up. So during this two weeks, I guess, what are you working on and what will be the message to your kids as you get set for that uh, conference run? 
Yeah, so this week we're we're kind of giving them, you know, just trying to heal up some bumps and bruises. Yesterday was a was a tough one, tough practice for us, and then we'll kind of back it off these next two days, and then we're actually going to give them Friday off. We got a lot of, a lot of kids going to go travel for college visits and whatnot, so um, kind of keep you know this this week really focused, but also light at the same time, and then work on you know once we get Steamboat's film next week of really dialing in our game plan against them. Um, but yeah, guys know that. You know, if those first four games, yes, they matter, but not necessarily as long as, as if we can win the league. Um, that's kind of always our goal. Then then we can get in the playoffs and always have a shot. Right, get there and have a chance. Uh, did the did the bye come at a good time or bad time for you? Because I know health-wise you always want to break, but mm-hmm. you're on a roll with two very good wins. Yeah, it's 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 nice, but it's also not nice. You know, our, our guys, <laughs> they don't do too well with bye weeks. Um, we've learned that the past few years, but – but I think it is a good time. We did have a few nicks and bumps and bruises, but nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, it is tough to you know come off of our first two wins and then all, and then all of a sudden have kind of a dead week and then have to get right back into it. And then final question, Coach, your first year at the helm, you're obviously very tied into the program, but now the guy in charge. So, how has that been different for you this year? You know, it hasn't been a whole lot different. It was it was nice that I got to be under Coach Lemon for nine years or whatever it was, and, and I learned a lot from him. And so my message to the boys and even to the coaching staff was, yes, there's a few things that are going to change, but we felt that our culture and our program was, was in the right spot. And obviously it's always going to be, be dynamic and changing, but um, we kind of felt like we needed to just stay the course and stick to the plan and, and keep things rolling. So the guys know that the coaching staff knows that. Um, but overall it's, it's not a whole lot of change. It's kind of just like if coach lemon had a meeting and it's now just an extended meeting and he's gone for practices and stuff. Again, that's Reds head coach Cameron Stewart with the 2-2 two and two start. The Reds are only 11th in the Chaz's seeding index this week, but they have five games remaining to climb into the top eight where they would then host a first-round game. On paper, the most difficult remaining test is October 12th against Berthoud. Spartans are unbeaten and currently third in the seed index. Basalt and Delta are the top two clubs in those standings. They are combined 8-0, and and since they do not meet in the regular season, each could finish up at 9-0. and Now let's move over to 1A Volleyball and Marine. The Rams, like Eaton, are also the three-time defending state champs in their sport and division. They're 10-0 overall, including a hard-fought five-set victory over fifth-ranked Simla last week. Marino was led by Christian Sutter, and the program overall has 13 state championships. That's tied with Fowler for second most in state history behind Platte Valley. And this year, the Rams are in position to become the first-ever 1A team to win four straight titles. This is a group of kids just that just loves to... They love to work hard, so um, we're still growing and learning, and we still have a lot of growing and learning to do, um, but they certainly are working hard and constantly trying to improve and and take on new challenges, so you couldn't really ask for more. And uh, I'm guessing as a coach, you, you liked what you saw at your club last Saturday. You were pushed to five sets by Simla, but you still came out on top, so Getting a push like that after sweeping everybody had to had to be good for your team as you get set for the second half. Oh, it was it was a great um, it was a great learning opportunity for all of us. Um, you always look forward to games that are going to challenge you and show you some things that you need to work on and help you mentally figure out how to work through those tougher challenges. And 
I was proud of the girls for doing that. And I do think that we have taken a lot of things from that match that we'll continue to, to work on and try to develop over the rest of the season. Yeah, and you had a quick turnaround and you played Lyman the, on Tuesday night last night and you had to go to four sets there. So uh, yeah. the, the response from Simla over to Lyman, I guess, is, is my question. How did you like that uh, transition? I thought that the, I thought our players did really well. Um, we had gotten into a moment in the second set where uh, things were not going our way, um, as they sometimes do or often do, and I felt like they bounced right back and turned around and really relied on each other, which is something that you always like to see, um, and really just worked really hard on on defense and some of the things that we you know, are needing to see some improvement on. So that was really, that was really good to see. In those tough matches, I mean, you've won three consecutive state titles, and I'm sure that's not a big topic, but do you see those successes play out in tight situations in matches such as Simla and Lyman that you referred to? Um, I think so. I mean, I think that can work both ways, you know? I mean, I think it can feel like pressure sometimes. And I think sometimes it can be a really great experience to learn, to lean back on. And we talk about that. We've talked about that recently, but um, we want to just know that that's, those are really great experiences that we get to have and learn from and, and bring with us in all of those experiences. So I do think that um, this is a group of kids that competes in absolutely every sport and every activity that they're in. Um, They always, strive to be at the top of whatever they're doing. And so I think this is not unfamiliar for this group to just want to work through through everything. You mentioned the word pressure. How often has that come up this year? Because by my research, no 1A team has ever won four consecutive titles, and you have that within your grasp this year. And I'm sure media folks are bugging you. Community members are talking about it. These are 14 to 18-year-old kids. So how often yeah. do you talk about pressure? We we honestly don't talk about it a lot. Um, we talk about it when we need to, <laughs> yeah. and um, we try to remember that every year is a brand new year. Every team is a brand new team, even though so many of your members remain the same. We've had a lot of changes. You know, they've had personal changes. We've had group changes. Um, that we need to find our new identity and our new team. And we know that there's a bunch of other teams out there that want this to be their reality too so we have to keep working and growing and i don't think there's ever any assumption amongst our groups that that's just something that's going to be easy to attain and so we try to we try to keep that pressure off of us as much as we can you do hear it and i i know the girls hear it but we try to um really just keep focusing on one game at a time and and really trying to find some joy in playing together Right. You mentioned finding your identity. I think you have a chance to do that. We mentioned Simla Lyman, but then you have Weldon Valley Thursday. They're always good. Wiggins, Juma, and Sedgwick County in league matches after that. So you're right in the middle of a fun stretch, if you will. Oh, yeah. I don't. The rest of our season will just be a lot of pushes and a lot of challenges. And um, I do think that it will help us learn and grow and find some of those who we are now. We're, we're getting there, you know. I mean, you get there a little bit at a time, and um, we're excited to see where it leads us. And then uh, kind of back to the pressure thing, the thought of going unbeaten, does that even matter to you? No, I don't think so. And I don't think it matters to the girls. 
I think we'd much rather be challenged and pushed and, um, you know, you know, you're not always going to come out on top. Um, if we can, that's great. But I think we understand that we have a, we have some pretty serious competition ahead of us and being on top of your game at every point throughout the season. Um, I mean, you hope it's there, but it doesn't always happen. You hope you can learn from it when it's not there and that you can bring it back at the end of your season when you need it. Following Marino in the 1A Volleyball Seed Index are McClave, Otis, and Chirac. As mentioned, Simla is fifth with Briggsdale and Dove Creek the next two, Idelia, High Plains, and Levita the next three. Weldon Valley is the next opponent for Marino. They're 11th and would be at home for regionals as well. Now let's move to 3A softball where the Patriot League up in the Northeast, they've dominated the sport of late with five of the last six state championships. This week, the league holds down four of the top five spots in the seed index. Sterling also sits eighth. The exception in the top five is Delta. The Panthers are third and winners of 12 in a row under head coach Jerry Sandoval. We always open up on the East Slope. It's always a, it's a top 10 tournament, so we get to see the teams that uh, we got to beat. If we want to be in first place, we want to win it all. So it's usually a, a bear when we go over just because expectations are, are pretty high. And, you know, they've got some great softball programs over on the East Slope and it challenges us, and then we come home, and, you know, we know what we need to do. And right now they're all playing pretty well. They're just picking up steam. You have seven more games left on your regular season schedule as their head coach. Where do you want them to uh, maybe get a little bit better before that postseason run? Uh, just cleaning it up, the little things. You know, we always talk about the little things. You know, we do all that stuff. The big things take care of themselves. You know, our pitching is in – really good shape right now. Tatum's doing a great job. She's uh, got a .33 ERA, you know, and she, she's she been slinging, and she's got a great supporting cast. Our defense is is, is solid. You know, we have uh, a junior in the outfield that can play any position out there. Our shortstop, which is my niece, Joelle Sandoval, she's having a season, you know, playing shortstop. She also pitches. And then we've got another senior that, that throws the rock, too, that, that comes in and does a great job for us, Bell Cry. And we have a freshman that's uh, she's, she's handled the pressure well of, of everything she had to, had to do. Jazz Naranjo, she plays second base for us and throws the rock as well. So I can't, I can't speak enough. I, I'm, I know I'm leaving some of the girls out, but, you know, we always talk about a group. And they're a great group, great group of girls that, that work together. It takes every one of them. And, and that leads me, I was going to leave this toward the end of the year or end of the interview, but you mentioned a bunch of great girls. It seems like you have a bunch of great athletes all over there at Delta. I mean, the volleyball team's unbeaten, football team's unbeaten. You're on a roll. What is it about Delta that produces athletes like that? Oh, I think just the will to win. You know, we kind of get overlooked being being Delta. You know, we got Montrose on one side of us, and then we got Grand Junction that hosts four schools that are all very talented, and we always kind of get overlooked. And you know, we we've talked about it over and over again. And these kids work hard; they don't get noticed very often. You know, from our football team to our volleyball team to to our softball team, we always get overlooked as our athletes are all very very smart as well we usually have several girls that are academic all state and our team is usually really really close to that so not only are they talented athletes they're very good students so 
I think that gets him in the gut a little bit, just uh, not getting some of the recognition they've earned. You know, they've, they're very, very talented kids that could, could probably play anywhere. You mentioned your three losses at the top to start the year on the eastern side of the state, Eaton and Strasburg. Obviously great programs there, and then Fort Lupton. Where, what can you do, I guess, to close the gap between your program and, and, and teams such as that? You know, just have confidence and know that we can compete. Um, I think sometimes that, you know, not playing over there in that corridor where they have such a high competition level and, and good teams, you know, sometimes we, we don't give ourselves credit and we've got, we're working on that. And I think they're starting to understand that they, they can actually compete over there. And, you know, that's, that's our goal at every practice, at every game is to, is to get better than we were yesterday, you know, and I think I think it's just a it's a confidence thing, and I think we we get over that hump, you know. I think the the end of the season will be good for us. Yeah, and end of the season, I'm sure you want to host a regional. How would that? Be, how important would that be for your team as you try to get to that state tournament? Uh, it's exciting. We've had the opportunity to host one time. It's like I say, it's tough for us over here on the east or on the west slope. You know, we don't always get get the nods that we that we think we we've earned. You know, you don't really ever deserve anything, but they've earned some opportunities. Sometimes they get overlooked just being over here on the west slope. And it would be pretty exciting. You know, we got to host one time, and it was it was it was really exciting for our school, the girls. That year we had uh, we had nine seniors that that came out and just kind of did all the little things and put it together and we're kind of in a similar situation where they're playing really good ball right now and they're starting to believe in themselves and you know sky's the limit that's what I tell them every day you know don't sell yourself short. Delta Trails, Eaton and Strasburg in the standings, and as mentioned, they lost to both clubs to start the season. University is fourth with Lions fifth. Next five are Academy, Thomas Jefferson, Sterling, Wiley, and Fort Lupton. In 4A Holy Family, the lone unbeaten and easily sits atop the seed index. They basically have a point and a half edge on all others, and that's a large gap in these standings. Riverdale Ridge is second with Windsor third, DeEvelyn fourth, and Berthoud fifth. Berthoud also part of that rugged Patriot League. Now the Jeffco Conference has the top two clubs in the 5A rankings with Arvada West at number one and Columbine second. Chatfield is a third league member in the top 10. They sit 10th. Erie, Thunder Ridge, and Broomfield are in spots three through five. Also want to make mention of boys golf as it's regional tournament week there. Teams and individuals qualifying for the three state tournaments on tap next week. Tournaments wrap up on Thursday night, so we'll have a list of qualifiers for all classes and all regions. That'll be available at coloradopreps.com. Now the focus on soccer in our finals segment we have discussions with the top two programs in Colorado as rated by Max Preps this segment presented by Alpine Bank as parents we all want to see our children become the best that happens when parents devote themselves to caring and loving their kids you can see the results in the game today this is Jay Rickstrew for Alpine Bank member FDIC to every parent and caregiver listening to me right now you have Alpine Bank's highest respect your child's the best because you're the best. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When the Max Preps Boys soccer rankings were released for the week back on Monday, Rampart and Santaris were ranked 1-2 in the state regardless of class. Two are also rated number one in their respective divisions by the Chaz's seeding index. Rampart leads the 5A standing, Centaurus the 4A bracket. As a result, we wanted to visit with both coaches. They enter the second half of their regular season schedule this week. Neither team, by the way, has won a state soccer championship in school history, so sitting number one in the rankings is a bit new for both programs. First up, Centaurus. The Warriors entered the week 8-0-1 with the lone blemish, a scoreless tie against Niwot earlier this month. David Wood is in his third year leading the program. We've had some key players who have um, been on the team for the past few years and it does kind of feel like a continuation of the past couple of years, especially last year. Um, we lost some really important key seniors, but we've had some sophomores and juniors step up to fill in those gaps and uh, the seniors, this year's seniors are looking fantastic as well. So it's exciting to see the evolution of this team over time. And you're kind of building, I guess, a culture there. You mentioned you were in your third year, so a culture in a winning program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the focus of our culture is on um, being kind to each other, enjoying the game, um, learning how to play together and for each other, and then hoping that the wins sort themselves out. Um, you know, obviously we're wanting to win and be competitive, but more importantly, we want to um, be close friends and, and have a really fun season together and make some really lasting, wonderful memories together. And I know each year it's a different team, especially on the high school level. You had a great run last year, kind of ended short probably than what you wanted with that second-round playoff loss. Does, is that kind of driving the kids at all this year, or is it just not a factor? You know, we don't really talk about it too much. Um, when it comes up, there's definitely – a lot of um, strong and sometimes painful memories about that loss. Um, but those can be important lessons moving forward. And I think that we learned some lessons from that game, um, you know, specifically about how to handle ourselves in a penalty shootout, but then also just about the importance of um, enjoying the moment because you never know when it can be your last and just playing the best you can and, and hoping that, um, you know, everything sorts itself out on the scoreboard in the end. When looking at your uh, stats from this year's club, your defense really stood out to me, Coach. You've only given up four goals the entire season, so I'm guessing defense and keeping must be a strength of your club right now. Absolutely. Yeah, we have um, four senior defenders and a senior goalkeeper, um, several of whom have been on the team for two or even three years. Um, they're fantastic players. Um, I think what's really impressive is that not only are they great at defending, they're also great at creating offense and um, playing some long, penetrating balls and uh, even scoring sometimes. So, yeah, the, the defense and goalie is definitely the bedrock of our team right now, and we just build up from there. And then on the other end, what's helping you get the ball in the net on a regular basis like you have been this year? We've been really lucky to have a variety of players contributing to our goal scoring. We don't have just one or two players. We can score from really anywhere on the field, which is – in my opinion, um, a better way of creating offense. You know, when you have one or two key players, um, that can be really fantastic and wonderful to see. But 
it can also be easy to lock down defensively for another team if they know what you're going to do. So um, we've been lucky to be able to generate offense from the width, from the middle, from the top, and um, a lot of players have been scoring. I don't remember exactly how many, but we've got at least 12 or 13 players who have scored so far this year. Wow, that's a big number. Six more matches left on your schedule, uh, Coach, and there's some good opponents there. Meade's very good. Windsor's always good. Silver Creek, they're number two in the seeding index right now. So you still got a little bit of soccer to play before thinking about the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we take every game one at a time. Um, tonight's game is the biggest game of the season for us right now. Um, and, you know, we'll just go one game at a time. But, yeah, we definitely um, are looking forward to the Silver Creek game. They're, they're a great team, um, very well coached, and um, it's a really fun game every year. So we're looking forward to that game as well. Yeah, and I know it's hard to ask a coach this question who's unbeaten and sitting uh, very high in the rankings, but every coach thinks they can get better. So where do you want your Warriors to get a little bit better over that final stretch? Um, I think that we're con- continuing to work on our finishing. Um, we've been able to finish throughout the season, um, but it's something that we always want to improve on. Um, our defense feels really solid right now, and so we're just continuing in practice to work on being creative in generating opportunities and finishing those opportunities. The Warriors collected their ninth win without a loss on Wednesday night. They edged Greeley Central 2-1. Next up, a day with Meade next Tuesday. They close with tough back-to-back battles against Windsor and Silver Creek. Silver Creek, in fact, ranked second this week in the seed index. Battle Mountain is third in 4A with Northfield and Air Academy. The next two top 32 teams get into the playoff bracket. Now to Rampart, where the Rams moved to 6-0-2 Tuesday night with a hard-fought 2-2 tie against Arapahoe. Not a surprising result. Warriors are also regarded as a state title contender as well. They're fifth in the seed index this week. It was a tremendous regular season match, according to Rampart head coach Carl Anderson. Morapo is always a tough opponent. They've had such a great um, program for many years, uh, and we've had kind of a rough history with them in the past couple of uh, you know postseasons and during seasons. So we've had great battles in the past, but uh, last night was was uh, you know kind of especially. Um, a, 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 one that we wanted to concentrate on a little bit this season because of the the last game we had in the playoffs with them. Um, but anyway, the, we pressed pretty well in the first half. We got uh, uh, two goals pretty quickly uh, in that first half for uh, just just uh, kind of giveaways from from Arapaho to us. Uh, I wouldn't say gifted, but we we capitalized on those attempts uh, and those shots, which was which was amazing. So going in 2-0 at the half was it's a good lead but always a skeptical one in soccer because uh, we tend to most teams kind of you know maybe uh, take it a little bit easy with a two-goal lead and and not be as aggressive and and that's kind of what ha- happened second half Rappo came out very aggressive and and uh, did very well about moving the ball so um, it turned into a much better second half for them um, and uh, ended up in a tie so yeah, and so what will be your message to your kids as you get back to practice this afternoon? Is it finish and play the full match? Is that the word you're going to present today and beyond? Pretty, yeah, pretty close, pretty close. And uh, soccer, it's kind of the weird game of, of at any minute, you know, things can strike and, and goals can happen. And playing a complete game is something that we've concentrated on for um, since the probably the second game uh, of the season of, of just trying to play our best soccer for 80 minutes. Um, but that's that's something we talked about last night after the game is is playing that complete game and being aggressive and and um, really trying to impose our game on other teams, and that's just 
didn't happen in the second half last night. Overall, though, you're ranked number one in the Chaza Index uh, for Class 5A. You're off to that 6-0-2 start, as I mentioned. So, again, overall, big picture, what have you liked about your club so far? Well, we have a lot of good players uh, that have played together for a long time. We have a good number of seniors that have basically been playing since they were um, off and on, you know, like, you know, eight years old, something like that. Um, so it's great to have that chemistry and that build up. It's good to have the leadership from seniors on on the team. Um, and the it's just fun to sit back and watch them play uh, just to give advice and not really, you know, it, it makes makes coaching a little bit easy with with these boys and and in the program and it's just it's kind of fun to have them around um and just kind of learn from them and 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 um instruct and coach from the you know sideline a little bit here and a little bit there and it, it it's made for a good season and it's i've enjoyed it so far i i can't wait to see what happens you know in the next couple of games and and uh, hopefully into the postseason yeah, so based on the experience and the playing together at such an early age, you're probably not surprised at this start. But overall, high rankings for your team, it's it's something new for the program. How have the kids responded to, you know, kind of have top billing in a in a division that's typically dominated by the, you know, Denver Metro and up north? Exactly, and, and that gives us a little bit of perspective. When we always go up to play teams like Arapahoe and, and uh, you know, uh, Denver teams that – are are consistently good and and considered a little bit stronger than the you know the CS uh, CSML uh, league that we have here in the Springs. Um, you know it, it puts us in perspective, and we always try to again get that mentality of every game is going to be a playoff game, or every game has that intention of you know moving you up and down in the in the rankings, and uh, then that's where you're, you're you'll end up at the end of the season. So we go in with the mentality of of trying to keep every game like a playoff game. And, uh, you know, try to play that way uh, for 80 minutes. And sometimes it's hard to do, uh, especially, like you said, against a team like Arapahoe that can, and Denver teams that can, you know, um, you know shake you up and, and, and really kind of disrupt what you want to, uh, your intentions of play. So um, that's our mentality is try to, try to make every game be like a playoff game and, and uh, uh, basically impose our game on other teams. And one of those games you have left on the schedule that will probably be treated like a playoff game is Pine Creek. You know, they're a good ball club as well. They're ranked 10th currently in the seeding index. I'm guessing a good rival. So even though you have a lot matches in between that one and where you're at now, still one that you want to probably circle on the calendar a little bit. Definitely. You always you always focus on those rival games and especially yeah. league games. Uh, we have a tough game coming up against uh, – uh, Liberty as well tomorrow night. Uh, Going to be our senior night, so a little extra emotional, um, uh, possibly in that you know always in the senior night games. Um, but yeah, we're definitely concentrating on on these these next two league games coming up, and actually our our first two league games if we want to want to call them those. So um, always a, a a tough rival game. The the boys know each other from playing uh, you know with each other in club and against each other in club, and so um, it, it, it's always a fun time. And just hopefully we can keep our heads uh, in the right uh, uh, area so we can concentrate on playing the game the best we can and, and again, not let the emotions or, or even just uh, things on the outside get, uh, get us off track. 
Rampart is followed in the seed index by Legacy, Ralston Valley, and Broomfield. Those three clubs are also unbeaten with a combined four ties. Colorado Academy leads 3A with Peak to Peak and Roaring Fork the next two. In 2A, Fountain Valley number one with Thomas McLaren School next in line. Lotus School is third, followed by Crested Butte and Dawson. Now, in looking at the Week 5 football slate, we see a ton of buys in the smaller classifications. Teams there taking an extra week to prep for the start of league play, which opens up in Week 6. Best six-man pairing could be between 6th-ranked Genoa Hugo and 7th-ranked Rickery. Both clubs there 3-1, and one, the Pirates coming off a loss to top-ranked Stratton. Simla is rated 2nd and 8-man. They're challenged by number 10, McClave. That's the lone top-10 battle in that division as five clubs take the week off. Four top 10 clubs in 1A are off this week, but top-ranked Lyman, they return to the field after working through their bye week. They return at home against six-ranked Buena Vista on Saturday. Demons with some momentum from that physical win over Gunnison last week. In 2A, four top 10 clubs are off this week, but fifth-ranked Berthoud could get challenged by Lamar. Thunder are 3-0, and another win should get them into the rankings next week. Brush also hopes to push seventh-ranked Rifle in another attractive non-league pairing. 3A has a great schedule. To be honest, top-ranked Lutheran, fresh off a scare from Pueblo East last week, goes way out west to face Montrose. Redhawks are only 2-2, two and two, but they're up to third in the 4A poll due to that tremendous schedule. Roosevelt and Holy Family also do battle. They're ranked second and third in the division, respectively, and both are unbeaten. In Class 4A, second-ranked Deary hopes to avoid a letdown against 8th-ranked Windsor. The Tigers coming off that dominating and emotional win over Broomfield last Saturday. Windsor looks to bounce back from an unexpected loss to Fossil Ridge, so they're 3-1. And, and in 5A, longtime rivals Cherry Creek and Regis renew their great rivalry. Bruins are the four-time defending state champs. They really haven't been pushed this year. Regis is ranked 7th and 2-2, two and two, but their schedule among the most difficult in any class so far this year. That's just one of three top 10 battles in the big school ranks as number four Arapaho meets ninth rank Rock Canyon and fifth rank Ralston Valley takes on number 10 Valor Christian. Of those four, only Rock Canyon has made it through four weeks without a loss. Arapaho fell to Columbine in a tough one last week. Ralston Valley has a loss to Cherry Creek. Valor just one and three, but against high level competition. Now the full top 10 schedule is available online at coloradopreps.com. You can see it and all high school sports news on the new Colorado Preps mobile app. Easy to download. Just go to your favorite app store and search Colorado Preps. Once you download it, you're just a few taps away from everything high school sports and all of our Colorado Preps weekly podcasts available there as well to listen on demand. So we invite you to check those out as well. Thanks for joining us this time around. We hope to catch you on the scoreboard show Friday night at 930 That, of course, on the Colorado Preps radio network. Until then, I'm Kevin Schaefer. Staying up to date on the latest high school athletics news and scores is now easier than ever. We've launched the all-new Colorado Preps mobile app. It's easy to navigate and completely free, featuring tabs for every sport, allowing you to find exactly what you're looking for. Want to stay up to date on scores from around the state? With one tap, you can find all the football scores for tonight's action or look back at what happened last week. It's all in the brand new Colorado Preps mobile app, driven by Ford. Just search Colorado Preps app in your app store and download today.